we're more willing to talk about mental health now. That's, in my mind, unambiguously a good thing. It's good that we talk about it in society. It's good that we talk about it in sports with athletes who have had challenges and if they need time to come back from them. All, all of these, the awareness about mental health and the importance of it, it makes it easier for people who are struggling to come forward, whether it's lessening the stigma that's associated with it, whether it's making people aware of the challenge that's there. I think it's a really good thing that we are willing to talk about it more. Because we're willing to talk about it more, it means that issue and mental health challenges, even the discussion of mental illness, is going to become pulled into the debates and discussions we have, everything from politics, certainly to sports. When Ben Simmons was traded from the Philadelphia 76ers last week to the Brooklyn Nets, the move in many ways thrust his mental health concerns which had been cited as a reason for his absence from the Philadelphia 76ers over these past few months, kind of became a discussion about the validity of them. I'm, I'm really uncomfortable anytime we wade into a territory where we're making opinions about someone else's mental health, whether it's trying to quote-unquote diagnose a condition someone has. People, when Antonio Brown left the field, his game against the Jets earlier in, in this previous NFL season, a lot of people were talking about it and framed it as a discussion of mental health. Antonio Brown's come out later and said his mental health is fine. But also in questioning the validity of it. And in some ways, the criticism of Ben Simmons, I felt was a step backward. And framing it under how we used to look at it of like, is it really, is it really that big an issue? But it also has been dragged into essentially what was a workplace dispute between Simmons and the 76ers. And we're going to talk to Brian Kincaid. I'm going to talk to Brian Kincaid. He works at Crossing Broad, which is a website that covers Philadelphia sports. I actually, I came across a story of his that I thought was very well done in saying, here's why 76ers fans don't entirely buy Ben Simmons' discussion of mental health or the inclusion, the questions over Ben Simmons' mental health. And you proceed to lay out the case from a, from a 76ers fan's perspective, what they've seen, how that issue became woven into a dispute between Simmons and the team, and why, why they don't necessarily take it at face value. There's a couple things before we get to that interview that I, I want to make clear. The first one is that we're all learning how to talk about mental health in a, in context of professional sports. And one of the thrusts has been to say and acknowledge that it is an injury or can be an injury in much the same way a sprained ankle or a torn knee ligament can be, requires treatment, that it's a, val, a, a valid medical concern. But there's a flip side to that too because it is different than some of those injuries. Is it fair to talk about someone who has a mental health issue or even a mental illness as being injury prone? Because we do that with physical injuries all the time. CJ Procise was a Seahawks player who was considered injury prone. I, I, I'm really reluctant to go down that road when it comes to mental health concerns. Another point that I think we're still kind of working through is, is it, 
it seems like it's really problematic if we're going to decide or take it upon ourselves to decide whose mental health concerns are valid and whose are not. I don't know how you do that because it leaves you open to, well, you believe the players you like and you disbelieve the players you don't like. I don't think anybody knows but that one person. And I think it's generally scummy when people question the severity of an athlete's injury. Most professional athletes play through conditions that the average citizen could not imagine. Endure through pain, compete in spite of that. Really, like the physical, the physical hardships that they deal with and excel in spite of are truly amazing. I'm inclined to take that perspective when it comes to any athlete's mental health concern is that, hey, if it's bad enough for them to speak up, if it's bad enough for them to say something, who am I to disbelieve that? There's also the fact, though, that players who've had disputes over physical injury diagnoses, someone like Kawhi Leonard with the San Antonio Spurs, well, that's produced backlash from fans. Is does a does a fan have a have have room to have their own opinion about it? All of these are issues that I think, in some ways, are kind of being worked out, or we're seeing how to discuss mental health considerations in the same vein with which we look at other issues of physical health when it comes to athletes. The final point I want to make before we bring on Kevin Kincaid is that question of when and how much you can talk about someone else's mental health. And I bring that up because there are situations in which we talk about and leave a decision up to the person to reveal certain facts about themselves instances of abuse it can be an illness diagnosis generally like the idea of of releasing that information without the the individual talking about it first is is generally frowned upon um, I would look at sexual orientation and not to compare that to a condition or any sort of illness but to say look we've generally decided that we don't out people that we don't talk about their sexual orientation unless it's something that they've discussed openly first. It's just considered inappropriate. And I don't, there's part of me that, that inclines and tends to think of mental health the same way. Look, I've dealt with depression for most of my adult life. I've been, I was clinically diagnosed 2008. Um, I've been on daily medication since 2010. I, I don't, I have no problem talking about that. But just because I'm comfortable talking about it doesn't mean that someone else who has depression should be comfortable in talking about it. If, if I wasn't, would it be fair to talk about? I mean, that's a diagnosis that I have. Nobody really cares about me, but that's the sort of thing. Because Ben Simmons, to the best I can tell, he's never really directly addressed mental health concerns. His agent, Rich Paul, in, at, at a point in the dispute with the 76ers, said... That Rich Paul indicated that being with the team was not conducive to Ben's mental health, but but Ben himself hasn't talked about it. So that's something that looms in the background there. Of I'm I'm not sure what the answer. We talk about a player's torn knee ligament without asking their permission first, or without having them. Usually, it's a coach will will disclose it or something like that. That's something that's being worked out too when it comes to mental health is how much of that is 
is fair to talk about without the person themselves engaging in the dialogue. There's a lot to get through here. We're going to dip into some of the specifics. And as I talk to Kevin Kincaid here, I want you to think about that question of, of what's fair? What's the best way to go about this? Because I, I think that this is something that we're all still working through as we go. And with that, I do want to introduce Kevin Kincaid, who joins us. He's a writer from Crossing Broad. It's a website that covers a variety of Philadelphia sports. Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time to join me. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Uh, I am interested in talking to you about Ben Simmons because I wrote something about this last week and have been interested in how we cover issues of mental health in sports. And Ben Simmons kind of became a touch point in this because of some of the explanations of why he wasn't attending Sixers games. And you wrote a piece on Crossing Broad, uh, which is uh, a blog covering Philadelphia sports about why people in Philadelphia have had a hard time taking at face value what Ben Simmons has said or what's come from his camp. I was wondering if you could just start out by kind of explaining your perspective on, on, on Ben and kind of the saga that's happened this season. Yeah, you know, I would say that the main reason that people were skeptical of what Ben was saying was simply because of uh, uh, how the timeline matched up. You know, when mental health became a thing, uh, it, at, at what point in time during the saga, you know? And so, you know, if you go back to the summer, there were some reports that came out that said, hey, you know, I think that Ben may be thinking of holding out or not showing up to training camp, not showing up to media day. And, you know, we were sitting there thinking, all right, well, maybe this is real. There could be something to it. So you go to media day, you know, which is like the very first event that you have of, uh, you know, training camp. He was not there for that. He was not there for the first day of practice for a couple of days of practice. So he misses a couple, you know, I think it was two weeks and you start to get fined for not showing up. It's like an escalating scale, right? You get fined 50K, 50K, mm-hmm. 50K, and that's like 250K, you know. So we didn't hear anything about mental health until he came back a couple of weeks into the holdout showed up to the practice facility. He was just kind of going through the motions. He had his phone in his pocket the entire time. And uh, he got kicked. I remember this day like it was yesterday because we all (laughs) went down there. I drove like an hour down to practice and we were hoping we'd get to talk to him and talk to Doc Rivers. And then as we were, there was like 75 media members standing there in the, in the uh, media room waiting to talk to Ben. And we heard that he had been kicked out of practice. Uh, They sent him home because he was non-participatory. He was just kind of like moping around or whatever. So the thing is, like, you didn't hear about the mental health angle or that he was having mental health struggles until he had gone through a couple weeks of the holdout and the fines had started to happen, you know. So I think, you know, a lot of Sixers fans got this idea in their head that, hey, this is just an excuse that he's using to get out of it and Mm -hmm. to keep the money coming to, to stop the fines because you can't find a guy who's having mental health issues you know like we've come so so far on that it's like taboo right that like the Sixers would look terrible if a guy was struggling with something and continue to find him so I think that's where the skepticism came from it was just a purely a timeline and coincidental kind of thing how do you feel about kind of that idea of criticism or how because it is new talking about mental health and viewing it sort of in the same light as a broken leg or a sprained ankle and there's a lot of reasons that it's it's hard. You can't take an X-ray and get a definitive statement on, yeah. on 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 mental health. How how do you feel about whether it's fair or not to talk about that? 
I mean, it's a good question. It's interesting because we had two Philadelphia Eagles who went through something similar not long ago. You know, Lane Johnson missed three games earlier this year because he was dealing with a personal family matter. And that's stemming from that was some depression and anxiety that came along with it. And Brandon Brooks, who recently retired, uh, was another Philadelphia Eagle who, you know, a couple years ago, he had anxiety issues so bad that he would throw up before games and he would, you know, had to miss some games here and there, you know, but a larger portion of Eagles fans kind of got behind him and said, hey, he's put his issues out there for everybody to know about and he's made his struggle public and, you know, we're going to get behind him and help him. I certainly think there's a generational aspect to it, too, because, you know, I think what happens is. You know, a whole generation of men was taught to bottle it, you know, and you're not emotional. You don't talk about yourself. You don't talk about your feelings. You don't talk about your brain, you know, and you just kind of like suck it up. Right. You know, and I think a younger generation of fans um, and a younger generation of men at the same time, look at mental health in a different way to say that it's OK to like not be OK mentally, you know, and to say that you need a break from this or or, uh, you know, that anxiety that may be a thing, that stress may be a thing. You know, the stuff that your dad told you to walk off, you know, or suck it up, right? That's not a thing anymore. I think the demographic of Sixers fans and NBA fans trends younger than perhaps the NFL or the NHL or, or Major League Baseball for sure. You know, so I think there's a different uh, look at that where maybe it was it was taboo to even talk about those things, you know, back in the day, 10, 20, 25 years ago. But now people are coming around to it a little bit. Now the, the people who – it's funny because if you look at the Ben Simmons thing, there's definitely a generational split, and a lot of the younger Sixers fans seemed to side with him or think there was something to it, and a lot of the older fans did not. So you definitely mm-hmm. see some uh, some aspects of that being the case. You know, There was part of me that wondered, Kevin, if there was a reaction in Philadelphia because I, I'm glad you mentioned Lane Johnson and, and Brandon mm-hmm. Brooks because there's, there's sort of the – Philadelphia is the intolerant – sort of angry sports the the whole they booed santa claus which is its own like there's a reputation and there was part of me that wondered if if philly fans were mad about ben simmons in part because they felt like they were getting characterized nationally as sort of uncaring fans when that's actually not reflective of how the fan base has dealt Really, even specifically with Ben Simmons, up until this most recent thing, people have been really supportive of him, even when it was apparent he didn't want to shoot threes like all of these. So there's part of me was, is it that they were like, hey, you get you guys nationally don't understand what's happened here locally. And this isn't a case of of Philly being Philly. Yeah, Phil, and Philly is, I, I always like to describe Philly as existing on two far opposite ends of the spectrum where when you're out of favor here, you're really out of favor. But when you're in favor, you're really in favor, you know, and you get unconditional support right off the bat. Think of how many people hadn't even seen Ben put on a Sixers jersey before and they went out and bought his jersey when he was drafted. You know, Markel Fultz came out actually a couple months ago and he said, hey, the fans were not the problem there. You know, like they had, they supported me. They gave, I was in the building when they gave Markel Fultz a standing ovation after missing all that time and just coming back and shooting a three-pointer. I was there when Ben Simmons made a three-pointer in a preseason game and people were cheering him. So it goes from unconditional support on that side of the spectrum to, you know, what if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, we hold you accountable for that, you know? So I think, I think people don't understand the nuance of that. And that's why they think Philly fans are, are, you know, such, you know, you know, uncouth and boorish types of people when it's not really the the full story, you know. To the other side of that, I would say that most Philadelphia sports fans recognize that there was absolutely something there with Ben for a long time because he had a really uh, personal family issue that became public last year with his half-sister who accused, with his sister who accused their half-brother of molesting her. That came out in the public forum. Obviously, dealing with that had to be tough. 
playing in front of sports fans who expect a lot from you, that has to be tough. Being the number one draft pick, that has to be tough. You know, trying to get over a mental block of shooting. We knew it was a mental thing because his mechanics were fine. You know, they weren't amazing. He didn't have the smoothest jump shot on the planet, but I watched watched him knock like 10 of them in, in a row down during pregame. So everybody knew that there was always something mental there with Ben, but to what degree, you don't know. And people with mental health issues are under no obligation to justify their struggle to anybody, you know. But again, they just looked at the the timeline of when that came out and when, when it was made public. And they said, hey, if you were really struggling, maybe just go to the Sixers after the season and say, hey, I need some time here. You know, and I think uh, Philly sports fans would have um, found that more palatable, I guess. Yeah, the I was thinking of comparisons and not not really comparisons in similar circumstances in terms of mental health, but Kawhi Leonard was maybe one of the only players that I could because Kawhi has an issue with his quad, right? Mm-hmm. And he he and the team disagree with how it's been diagnosed and treated. And and he basically he doesn't play yeah. when the team feels that he should have been playing and then he it it, it ultimately forces a trade. And so I was going through it and thinking like, okay, what are the similarities and the differences? Cause clearly Spurs fans were mad at Kawhi mm-hmm. and time has faded. And is it different because it's a mental health concern and you don't have something as simple as, as, as an x-ray that you can debate. And as what's your reaction to that of kind of the similarities or differences when you compare a mental health situation to a, an actual physical injury? Cause Fans will get mad at a player if he doesn't play for the team. Yeah. Is it different when it's a mental health discussion? I think it is, but I think the line is so blurred between what constitutes like a legit mental health issue versus like you just don't want to be here anymore. You know, like I've had plenty of jobs that I hated and I was like miserable and didn't want to do that job anymore. But I would never say that I was like suffering from clinical depression or anxiety, you know, and I know a lot of people who who have gone to the doctor, have been diagnosed with some, have gone to a medical professional, they take medication for something like that, and they don't like the obfuscation of, hey, I'm having a bad day, therefore I'm depressed, because they say, hey, like, there are people here with, like, real issues, and when you water it down like that, you're trivializing the whole thing, like, the, the progress that we've made in that. Like, this is not to be... Um, you know, made light of, right? Like there's people who are dealing with serious stuff here. If you just want out of a situation because you don't, you ran, you ran your course with the city and the fans and the coaches and stuff like that. Okay. That's fine. You know, but it doesn't, one thing doesn't necessarily correlate to the other. And like athletes have been dealing with the stress of playing in front of difficult crowds for forever. You know, some people can handle it. Some people can't, you know, look at Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles and the conversations that we had about them. You know, there's a clear difference between people who have legitimate struggles and have been dealing with that for a while versus, Hey, you know, if this injury is taking longer to <laughs> taking longer for me to recover. I don't get along with the medical staff. I don't get along with the coach. Like I've kind of run it, run my course here with the, with the town. I think it's trying to like, you know, split those out and compartmentalize them and keep them into separate things. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then ultimately it kind of comes down to a question of like employment contract, right? It was because Ben didn't want to show up to work. Do you, yeah. and, yeah. and, 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 <laughs> And he's forcing it, which is not an unusual circumstance, right? Like that happens. Like a guy just is like, and it was because there was a perception that this was a way out of some of the financial mm-hmm. penalties that come along with that, yeah. that, that people were mad. Cause I would, I would guess the reaction in Philadelphia right now is actual 
happiness that the change has been made, right? Like I, 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 I would, yeah. I would guess that people are glad that that situation has reached the resolution. Has. Yeah. People are just glad to be done with it and not have to write about it anymore. I mean, it's such a hard thing. It's like, nobody, you don't want to be like, you want to be able to take people at face value and say, Hey, if you're dealing with internal struggles, it's none of my business, man. Like, I'm not going to question you on that, but then like, you know, you're a high profile athlete and the timing of it looks curious and it looks suspect and you feel like you're not doing your job as, you know, I think it was tough for people in the media because we had an obligation to the fans to kind of like, you know, hold athletes accountable and ask them the tough questions or whatever. But like somebody's dealing with a real serious mental health issue, then I don't want to be that guy who crosses the line and enters into taboo territory. You know, it's tough. It's a, it's a balancing act. So you know, I think we let we, a lot of us, a lot of people in the media here, kind of let that just play out in the public forum and yes. kind of see see how see how fans reacted to to Ben. Um, I, like I said, I think a lot of people knew that there was something there with with him. There obviously there was a mental block with the shooting. You know, some personal family stuff that that went public. You know, but again, does that constitute like legit mental health crisis, or does it just mean that you're dealing with some stuff? You know, that's the hard thing. Nobody can really define it if. Uh, people aren't going to go public and explain what they're dealing with. And they're under no obligation to do that anyway. You know, so you're kind of, uh, you're kind of stuck in a way. Kevin, I appreciate you taking the time to talk. Um, I really enjoyed your blog post, which I'll, I'll link in the, in the comments below and in, in the, the commentary here. Um, I enjoy reading your, your work and your guys site there at crossing broad. I'm grateful for your time. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, just trying to be fair about it. Right. You know, you, you never want to be that guy who's like accusing anybody of doing anything, but I feel like it, you're, you're kind of, you kind of have an obligation to, to, to ask questions where they, where they exist, you know? So hopefully, you know, the stuff that we've written about and other people in Philadelphia have been, have written about it. Hopefully people would at least see it's fair. So what's fair. What's a responsible way to talk about mental health as it relates to Ben Simmons' departure from the Philadelphia 76ers? Because ultimately, none of us know. The person who's in best position to know would be a psychologist who's talked to Ben Simmons. But the psychologist, if they're ethical to any regard, isn't going to share that opinion with us. We see a very small sample of like even a professional athlete just playing we see a tiny a tiny bit of who they are and what they do it's certainly it's nowhere near you, you can't you can't form a, a conclusion based on on facts and timelines is it fair for a 76ers fan to have or view it dubiously that it's awfully convenient how it, It's bound to happen. I don't know how much fair it has, how much, how fair it actually is. Here's what I would say. In these situations, I boil it down to, like, what do you know? Like, what are the things that you know? You know that Ben Simmons was, was unhappy with the place where he worked. He didn't want to play for the Philadelphia 76ers anymore. He didn't show up. He started losing significant amounts of money. He showed up. He was less than fully committed, according to the team, during the workout he had, and he did not return to work again. The question of whether or not he should be paid by the Philadelphia 76ers, honestly, is something they can work out through a, a collective bargaining grievance process. Like None of us really know. And if you're a 76ers fan, you're probably going to feel a little bit like, I don't think he should get paid. And is that wrong? I'm not going to say it's wrong. Like It's how fans operate. 
he he's a guy that you feel you've supported and now he's he's kind of drawn a hard and fast line and he doesn't want to be there anymore that's is, is the is the unrest or the dis, being disgruntled as a fan understandable it's understandable but and I think this goes for physical injuries as well or what we would term like a sprained ankle or a torn knee ligament like ultimately you don't ever really know and the temptation to say that well you have an x-ray to prove it well doctor's diagnosis like what do you we we look at mental health and in some ways we haven't come all that far in the past 25 years here's a story so when i was a senior in college um at the University of Washington. I worked part-time at the Seattle Times. I answered phones. Most of my job was taking down high school sports scores, occasionally getting yelled at by reporters who uh, wanted wanted to be transferred to another person post-haste. Um, I also got an opportunity to see kind of the inside of how a newsroom functions. And I remember very distinctly, Kendall Gill was a player for the Seattle Supersonics, mid-90s. And he did not have a good relationship with George Carl. In fact, he he at one point he took a leave from the Sonics um, because, and, and as, as he said later, he was clinically depressed. And that that leave that he took um, was referenced later by a columnist who talked about sort of whether or not George Carl should be blamed for how that happened. And there was there was basically a discussion of maybe Kendall Gill. There was a line, I think I remember the line, uh, was somebody said one of the columnists had written about maybe he just had a case of the blues. The copy editor's point was, like, all indications we have, he was dis- diagnosed as being clinically depressed. Like, that's different than having the blues. Like, you can't you can't question a diagnosis like that. And... I agree with that. Like, unless you have grounds to do that, you probably shouldn't assume that you know better. But that's kind of the point we're at here. We don't know if if Ben Simmons was clinically diagnosed. But there's this this kind of scale of like, is it feeling bad or is this actual like a clinically diagnosed condition? And in my experience in dealing with that, that is entirely subjective, even by the person that's experiencing it. It's best to stick with what you know. In this case, Ben Simmons didn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. And Philadelphia fans are going to be understandably mad about that. And you don't have to express that anger by saying you don't believe that his mental health challenges were real. He's the only person that knows that. You could say that you think that he was wrong to ask out or that going to another place isn't going to solve those problems or that you think he couldn't face up to the weaknesses he had as a player or like all of those things are there. It's, it's that question of you don't, you're not really as hurt or struggling as you think you are. I just not sure where that discussion takes anybody, what you get out of that other than thinking that, Hey, I, I know better what's going on in that person's head when you're never really going to get inside of there. I'm grateful for Kevin Kincaid uh, coming on and joining the podcast here. I'm thankful that you listened. If you have any thoughts, um, drop a line to me. You can certainly post something in the comments or email me at danny at dannyoneal.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week with another episode.